Hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of And The Winner Is, where we trawl back through the best picture winners of the Oscars. Uh, this month on our second episode, we're looking at the 2013 winner, 2012's Argo, um, directed by and starring Ben Affleck. Um, joining me as always is Paul, right mate? Yep, all good. All good. Yep. This this was a good one for us because we'd we'd been to see his previous um attempt at directing together, which was another great film. Yep. Um which was it was the, the one with it starring his brother, um yep. who obviously is a controversial name in, in Hollywood these days. He, but he the town didn't he and he also yeah. Gone Girl the other one. Yeah. Uh, no, we went and saw Gone Girl together, didn't we? Um yeah. Which we uh, we enjoyed. Yeah, uh, we should say up front as well that we're, we're recording this a uh, couple of days, sadly, after the passing of Alan, Alan Arkin. Yeah. Um, so this is sort of quite timely, and uh, of course, our, our condolences and thoughts back to his friends and family, as is always the case. Um, and incidentally, I think he's, he does a really good turn in this. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, just uh, yeah, say it was released in 2012. Um, which I think was the um, 85th Academy Awards. So for Best Picture that year, it was up against... Uh, bear with me a minute. <laughs> I've got to find this. <laughs> I've, moved, I've moved my screens around. You <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so we're winging it a bit this month. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was up against... This was one of the, um, the big lists, actually. Uh, so it was up against Amour. Uh, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Le Miserable, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. And I tell you what, that's not a bad list, actually. No, it's not. I've seen. I reckon I've seen probably half of them. I, well, I've seen Django, I've seen Les Mis, I've seen Pi, I've seen Lincoln. Um, yeah, I saw Lincoln. I saw Pi. I saw Silver Linings. Yeah, Obviously, I saw this. I haven't seen Silver Linings, and I haven't seen uh, Beast of Southern Wild or more. No. Yeah. Um, so yes, it was it was it was up in a decent ca- decent lineup this time. Yeah. Um, I think what what the else the other thing was the box office wasn't it we usually talk about as well. Yeah. Um, right. So it had a budget of I believe forty four and a half million. Do you want to hazard a guess at the box office, the global? I reckon it took two hundred and thirty million. That's not far out. Apparently, it was 232.3. That was a pure guess as well. Yeah. Um, I can see why, because I'll I'll lay out front. It's a film I really enjoyed revisiting, and uh, as we'll get into. I I would put it in my top five of what we've watched. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it is a really good film. (laughs) That's that's, that's a preview of the end of the the record. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, um, just saying a few other things as well about the film. Just a few brief facts about it. Um, apparently, Tony Mendez, who Affleck plays, was only actually in Tehran for a day and a half. Um, <laughs> so they do drag it out a little bit in the film. <laughs> so, yeah. It was about three days in the film, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so just uh, stretched it out a little bit. Um, in an interview with Piers Morgan, apparently, former President Jimmy Carter said he believed the film was a great drama and deserved to win the Oscar. However, he did note that about 90% of the contributions to the ideas and the, and the, the plan was actually Canadian. But the film gives almost full credit to the CIA. <laughs> yeah. With, with that exception, the film was very good. Um, but he said, but in his opinion, the, the 
the main hero was Ken Taylor from the Canadian ambassador. Um, I mean, this is actually, of course, some represented by some we know from our from our sci-fi interests. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very heavy film when it comes to people that we've we've met, old friends of the show, and and things like that. It's it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to Victor again in a minute. Um, for the opening scene, the director of photography apparently gave eight million eight millimeter cameras to certain people in the crowd to make it pop a bit more and feel like a real actual footage from a riot. And it works. Yeah. It, it, it does feel like news footage when you watch that opening scene. Well, yeah, I'd actually written down it's clever use of real footage. Yeah. Um, it was eight mil cameras in the crowd, so... Wow. Yeah. Um, apparently, Affleck has actually gone on record as saying that the production was granted unprecedented access to CIA headquarters, interiors wow. and exteriors. Um, which is not bad because they can be quite the national security stuff is quite hard to get a lot of that stuff done. Yeah. Um, apparently, Affleck requested the actors playing the refugee embassy refugees would live together for a week in a house dressed in seventy nine decor just to get a better feel for the period. That's yeah. That's that's, that's nice fine detail. Um, and the other one I thought was interesting was the, the Iranian official we've seen the footage at the end of the film. Issuing threats to Canada was later executed. Apparently, no. that didn't go down well. No, well, clearly, yeah. Right. So I suppose at this point we'll just jump into the film. And and what the first thing I picked up, which I thought was really nice, was that use of the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, it's a it's a very clever opening, and uh, and actually it, it was my second note. But it's amazing how long Affleck's been tied to Warner Brothers for. Hmm. Which again takes in another one of my notes that he was such a perfect choice for Batman because of that tie. Not only him being that sort of actor, but the fact that he'd been tied to Warner Brothers for so long. Um, yeah. it, it makes an awful lot of sense that he ended up being one of those big heroes, um, mm. at Warner Brothers. Uh, and the bloke can rock a beard as well. That's, that's yeah. the second film I've seen him in recently where he's rocking a beer. Yeah, yeah. I think he got one in air, hasn't he, at one point? Yes, he has, it? yeah. <laughs> which, um, which I also recommend is worth watching for people who want to see another true life Yeah, story. and for we know, it might be what we're watching for, for next year's Academy Awards. Possible, possible. Um, but as I say, yeah, I like that sort of, that old sort of Warner Brothers 70s logo they, they pulled out to do. And then, as we've already mentioned, that, that footage from the start just feels real documentary footage. Um, uh, I also love that we we get to see kind of some of the inner workings of the embassy, uh, the consulate. Yeah. Um, and also they they've got that parallel running alongside it of the of the, the growing tension with Tehran and Iran, yeah. and you just know that it's going to explode at some point. Yeah, and it, it really doesn't hold back right from the word go. It, mm. it dives right into it from the minute the the film starts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything other thoughts on that that opening sequence? Yeah, I I really like the the whole two location thing mm. as well. Um, that kind of subverts it later on because then they move into different locations again. And I think that really keeps the tension going throughout the film because you never quite know what's going on with the other part of the story. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, they, they've set us up so there's because the, the info dump is done quite well in that opening sequence as well about about the, the storm in the embassy in Tehran, yeah, uh, etc. Um, and the way they took the shine for cancer treatment, so that's all done quite nice. They can often be quite clunky in these sort of things, but they do yeah, quite well. Um, and then we sort of find out that when, but that uh, the actual taking of the embassy is really tense sequence, isn't it? Um, when they're drastically trying to shred all the documents and stuff, yeah, uh, uh, and get out of the building. And you, even though it's in the film, it just sucked me in again straight from the start. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, very I, much so. And and I think it's also helped by the fact that we don't see Affleck for the first fifteen minutes of the film. No, he just he, he lets the film get on and, and tell it it's opening, and, and it, it's not about the star. Yeah, um, it, it gives the his, his his actors some room to breathe a little bit. Um, yeah. Completely likes the clear devalue. We've never seen it on the screen, big screen enough for my liking. No, no, she was always a strange one because obviously, and, and we'll touch on this a bit more because there's quite a few more appearances by people from from this said show. But when she made her appearance on Buffy, it was quite a big thing mm. for an for an early season of of a new show. She was already quite a a big like teenage star. At that point, and and her career never really exploded in the way that we we expected it to. Yeah, um, yeah, because of course we've seen this. So we mentioned already Victor Garber is in there. We, yeah. we know from Alias and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I can't think of the uh, the actor's name. Is it Scott something as well? Is um, yeah, with the the guy with the tash. I can't think of his character yeah. name. Yeah, and then obviously we've got a, we've got another couple. As I say, a real old friend of the show, Keith Sarah Baker, yes, is in there. Yeah. Who we I, met I back at, at the start of our convention going. Yeah, I did scribble down. I funny enough, I'd written in the, in the notes in the columns. There's a lot of Buffy and Angel casting this, and I included something I've already met. So it was great yeah, and and then the the big surprise is Tom Lenk later yeah. in the film. Yes, so we got yes. So there's at least two cast members who've actually met in this film. Yeah, which we don't get to say very often on this record. Um, and then yes, so then we kick into the main part of the film is the plan to get them out. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's such an ingenious, incredible but clever and ingenious. Who role. who knew a sci-fi B movie would be a great subplot? Yeah, and I kind of wanted to see that film because it's such yeah. a ridiculously crazy. When they read yeah. that bit script. Yeah. And I suppose, again, we have to touch on how good John Goodman is in this film. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's fantastic. And he always has been. Even when you go through things like the Flintstones live action films, he was great as Fred Flintstone. Yeah. He just yeah. he doesn't put in a dud performance. And of course, yeah. the the Connors or, or Rosanna's or however you look at it, still going strong. Mm-hmm. After all these years, and it's because he's he's the strength throughout it. Well, and we've already mentioned him at Arkin as well. Those yeah. two have some great scenes together, great chemistry on screen, uh, yeah. and and they do feel like real Hollywood producer types, don't they? When you watch, yeah, them. it's got a very, very cult cast, and of course, mm. we've not even mentioned Brian Cranston. Yeah, I was just about to mention Brian Cranston as well. It's a it's a great cast, yeah, for this, for this yeah, for, what, a decade ago, this film. Yeah. Uh, so these little faces pop up, like we mentioned, like Tom Link as well. It's, yeah. Um, 
and you should just sit there with a smile on your face every time you see one of these new people coming along. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I just I scribble down here, and they play a big part later on in the film. I love the storyboards that they're looking at in this film. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think I think we have to touch on, as you say, the the, the Hollywood part of it. It's great to yeah. see that really divey Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, really sleazy back backwater Hollywood, effectively. Yeah, yeah, and the the old sign before they replaced it when mm. it was falling apart before yeah. um, Hugh Hefner came along and paid for it <laughs> to replace it to make it a, a permanent um, monument. Yeah, uh, and also we 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 have to mention the wonderful quote from this film that comes up quite frequently. Um, that we hear from Arkin and Goodman, or go fuck yourself. I just I chuckle every time I hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. And uh, it, there's some really standout funny moments. And this, and it is. It, there's a a few, as you say, Arkin Goodman throws in some some great lines as well. Um, yeah, not uh, what you'd expect from a dramatic film like this, but as I said, who expected a sci-fi B movie to be the subplot? Yeah, and I, I love the bit towards the climax where they're trying to get back to their office. <laughs> yeah, so they've walked across some sheets in, and they just don't care in the end. It's <laughs> just this yeah. wonderful attitude they both carry. Um, there's one thing I did factual thing I pointed out I wrote, scribbled down which I thought was interesting because we, we go from the, from those two guys we sort of we see um, Affleck on a on, I think on a flight for, with BA and they're still flying into Tehran with all that tension yeah. going on BA were flying into there that yeah. was quite surprising yeah yeah um, definitely and also the the um, the drinks thing was I thought was quite interesting. And the stewardess is just waiting for them to fly over the time zone. Yeah, <laughs> to do that nice. Even though you're only you're up in the air, you're in their airspace. So that was quite interesting. A little, little throwaway guy. information. Um, it's uh, for me the, the the biggest element of the film I love is just is the also that subplot with the ticking clock element basically yeah. of the investigation, and you see the the little kids putting all the shredding together and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and you know that that's counting down to, to one of them being revealed. That investigation stuff was really interesting little subplot. And the, the fact they could just put those photos together, I thought, bloody hell. Yeah, and it's that, very clever. That sweatshop was unbelievable, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny, this film... I just got so sucked in. I didn't really pick out a lot of separate points. I just got sucked back to watching it again. No, um, there's a lot of general points that I kind of yeah. came up with. It's just astonishing that they went to to these lengths to, to yeah. do it. But I also like the... There's a moment throughout the film when they're doing the read-through of the film. Oh, yes. As yeah. such. But it's the juxtaposition yeah. with the speech and the news and the read-through all mm. at once is just so cleverly done. Yeah. Um, he knows how to, and I'm, I'm assuming he has a, he would have a hand in it. It's the, it's the editing uh, of what, of the stuff that he's got. And it just, it works so well. Um, mm. And it, uh, I think the main crux of the story is, is quite a hard watch 
but then you had that B plot of the movie and it, it brings such a light relief to the film. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's sort of a nice juxtaposition with, with the real yeah. the, the tension of their of their actual situation. Um, yeah, and also and and the, the the little bit as well with the um the other subplot with the um the uh, the maid for a better word. And you want how is that going to play out? Because she's aware of what's going on there. Yeah. Um, and then that's a quite a nice little twist as well that she basically wants to get out herself. Yeah. She's oh, going to dob them in, you know, and you think, and of course, no, she, she, she denies that they're there and give them a chance. Um, and I thought that was a nice little payoff for her that she gets over the border. Although it wasn't to Iraq. So that wasn't, yeah. That was, I'm talking about out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, but yeah, but uh, that was my main point from this. The, is the the final act is just fantastic. Um, yeah. With them trying to get to the airport, um, and you're in, you're in, like you say, you're intercutting as well with with the Langley and, and Los Angeles and the streets of Tehran, and yeah. and even though I saw it's in this film, I just generally got sucked into that climax again. I think, oh man, I forgot how tense this was. Yeah, yeah, the 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 whole bit in the in the fan um, yeah. is is really harrowing when they come to the the blockage. Yeah, and then of course they get to take when they have to go to one side in the airport as well. And, and yeah, and what I mentioned a minute ago, the storyboards. I just love that scene where they use the storyboards to get out of it. Yeah, um, and and giving some of them away and. It, and it reminded me of that bit in um, a little bit of that bit in Paul, uh, the end where um, Paul t- tosses the um, the book to one of his crewmates. Oh, three boobs! And it's just the way. That yeah. They're they're looking at those storyboards and they're just completely sucked into it. Those guards. Yeah. Um, and then again, it just that 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 likeness of that just that turns on a, on a sixpence again as well when they discover that they've been they've been hoodwinked and you think, oh shit. Um, and that he so said that the the bus getting to the plane is just a really sort of tense pants wetting moment, and, and you're just willing them to get get over the line. Yeah, and, and especially on the plane when it feels like as they're taking off, it still feels like something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you're just waiting for that plane to get stopped. Yeah, you you don't don't even know if it's going to explode. Like that, they don't care, and they're just going to explode the plane. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the only way to stop them. Yeah, uh, and also I, I thought his wrap up on the credits was quite nice as well, with, um, yeah. with the real story playing out over the credits, and, and we find out what happened to everybody that was there. That the the rest of the hostages were released after over a year, uh, four hundred forty four days, I think I'd written down. Yeah, before the, those other sixty six were released, over a year in captivity, just as hostages, and that that's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and of course, we had a similar situation around that time. It was in London, wasn't it? Yeah. Where they had the um, the storm in the embassy in London. It was, all, and it was all that that same period of time. Which is why I mentioned the BA thing because it was all these things were just sort of kicking off around the same time with Tehran. Yeah. Um, very much so. Right. Well, I suppose on that point, uh, I just do a bit of a wrap up, and uh, I got to start. I really love revisiting this again. I haven't seen it in full since I saw it at the cinema, um, and I just forgotten just how good I thought it was at the time I, a crack intense dramatic occasionally funny when it needs to be just a wonderful worthy best picture winner for me um, it's just a great cast in there some familiar faces to us 
Um, nicely directed by Affleck. It gives a nice turn in the middle as well. Nice editing. The, the film looks amazing as well. Um, and score-wise, I'm going to have to go probably somewhat like 93 because I just think it's such a good Best Picture winner and like one of my top five Best Picture winners probably. Yeah. Yeah, for me, my, my final notes was not many people can pull off the dual actor slash director, um, but Affleck kind of joins the, the Warner Brothers Hall of Fame alongside Clint Eastwood in, in that role. Um, mm. They seem to have a habit of finding people that can, can do that. Um, and it's just, it's enthralling from start to finish. And it finds a really strong balance between the light and the dark. Yeah. Um, with the two two kind of plots. Which, which is important because it is really, it's a ridiculous plot that you wouldn't think was real. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's that's kind of toned down by the the darker side of it, yeah. Um, yeah. And doesn't it makes it a bit more believable? But in, in similar fashion to you, Tony, I I think it's in probably in my top five of what certainly of what we've watched so far. Um, it's definitely yeah. in there, and it's a ninety-one for me. Yeah, cool. That's good scoring. Yeah, I think it's a big thumbs up from both of us on that. Yeah, very much so. And we, we I think we're we're fans of Ben. <laughs> yeah, we... yeah, yeah. We've we've been a fan of him kind of since his early Kevin Smith days. I would say, um, seen air myself at the cinema recently, and, and finding you actually find yourself rooting through. Basically, he's not really a hero. No, it's, it's a corporation that's gonna make, that makes it loads of money. No, you find and, yourself and, for them. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we were obviously fans of his casting as Batman. We yeah. weren't we weren't some of these ones that was very much against it. Um he very much fitted fitted that role for us. Um yeah. despite the fact that we haven't been major fans of the films that he starred in as Batman. Um I think we can safely say most of the time he was probably the best parts of those films. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, a yeah, very watchable actor, uh, a very interesting director and filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. Right, I suppose on that basis, we should have a look what we're going to do for the next two films. Yeah, so I I have already done the draw. I made made sure to get on top of it so I wasn't sitting here. So our first one is 1934. Is that what it happened one night or something? No, it's Cavalcade. Oh, Cavalcade. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then 2000. Uh, American Beauty. Yes. Um. Unfortunately, I haven't picked these. Our wheel, wheel of Death has picked these, and it's come at a very inopportune time, um, to be reviewing a Kevin Spacey film. Yes. Um. um but there we go. That's we, the we, gods chose it. So, yeah. and we're we're here to talk about the films themselves anyway. Yeah. At least, so there we go. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look at interesting. I look forward to watching. Uh, those will be both first time watches for me because, again, American Beauty is one I should have watched by now and never got around to watching in full. Again, I, I did watch it at the time because of Mina Savare having come out yeah. of American Pie. It was one of those ones that I went, Oh, that's the girl from American Pie. I'll watch yeah. that. So, it's but it's been a long time where I've only seen bits and pieces of it fleetingly. So, yeah. again, I'm just going to sit down and watch it for And Cavalcade, I, I know very little about other than it's probably yeah. like those other 30s ones we've done. Uh, right okay well thank you mate for that and um no worries we shall see you again on the next issue our next issue (laughs) next edition good night (laughs) cheerio